I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic and welcome to episode 16 ever a shadeog of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, you can go to www.bitesizeirish gaelic.com forward slash podcast and today i'm joined by stephanie chastain of infiniteireland.com stephanie how are you doing great thanks for having me cool it's really nice to have you stephanie i came across you because you know stuff that you've written on infiniteireland.com which i think really comes out of your trips um to ireland so you've been a couple of times to ireland right we have. We've been four times, uh, the fifth time coming up this May. Oh, excellent. And where are you based usually? We are in State College, Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. small town directly in the middle of Pennsylvania in the United States. Yeah, nice. Okay. I wanted to read out an iTunes review that we got from Paul Lalonde, and he's in Canada. So his uh, review um, subject is speaking a minority language takes... No, I can't say the word, but he has a few stars in there. So Paul says, sorry for the explicative, but I think that one of the things that I appreciate most about Bite Size Irish Gaelic is your very real commentaries on what it means to speak a minority language in a sea of English. You must make uh, your opportunities to speak. That's definitely true, Bob. Owen, you regularly refer to the aspect of learning Irish in a very encouraging manner. I'm a very beginner learner of Irish, but have grown up as a native speaker of a French dialect, he says dialect in parentheses, in an English province of Canada. As it happens, I am a fine Canadian blend of Irish and French. That's cool because like, I haven't come across of many French-Irish mixes from Canada. That's really cool. I feel that you capture very well the contemporary struggle to speak Irish in a country dominated by Irish who are too embarrassed to speak the Irish they learned in school. Bite-sized Irish Gaelic sets a foundation for all Irish learners in the real world. You must seek out your opportunities to speak Irish. And thanks a lot, Paul. You sent me an email as well because you weren't sure whether the review went through, but it did. And I appreciate the kind words. It's definitely, when you're learning to speak Irish, it's definitely, you have to grab the opportunity. And when you're visiting, if you want to speak a little bit of Irish, even a couple of phrases, you do just have to make a point of it. It comes down to that because the easy default is to speak English. And if it's, if it is of interest to you to speak Irish, you do have to take the opportunity. So thanks a lot to Paul. And uh, we appreciate all iTunes reviews. So Stephanie, like bring me back. When was the first time that you visited Ireland? So we visited Ireland for the first time in 2006. It was actually our honeymoon. We did a whirlwind tour and really we basically did everything that you aren't supposed to do when you travel uh, to Ireland. You know, you go really quick, spend one night in each place, see only, you know, the very service level things, but we fell in love with it. So it's been almost a tradition ever since. Oh, cool. 
What was like your first sense of visiting Ireland in 2006? I guess you landed in Dublin, right? We actually flew into Shannon um, mm. and we arrived, of course, jet lagged and tired and also happy. Yeah. We just were married and you know, we were really kind of on this high cloud of excitement. And of course, we were exhausted, but our plan was to drive all the way down to Dingle. But of course, that took us more than it was supposed to because we kept stopping for pictures every two seconds, I think. <laughs> so our first impression was just probably the beauty. The beauty of Ireland really captured us from the beginning, um, which is probably partly at least what's kept us coming back. Hmm. Just um, on the practical side of things, do you remember whether you, when you arrived in Shannon, was it the morning in Ireland when you arrived? Yes. So it was probably mm. about 6 a.m. Oh. <laughs> it was in September. And so it was a misty morning, but we walked out and wouldn't you know, the first thing we saw was a rainbow. And for us that, you know, was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a good trip. And the sun cleared and it just ended up being a beautiful, beautiful day. Really surprising to us that whole trip. We really didn't know how much rain typically Ireland received, but we didn't experience much rain at all, which was really fantastic. It was just a good time to go. And, you know, we got there a little hungry, stopped at a, actually, I think a hotel for breakfast and had our first full Irish. That's good, yeah. So that set us up for a good day of driving. That must have been tough though. Like, I guess it was your first time driving on the left side of the road, right? <laughs> it was, it was. Um, my husband, Joe, he was the driver and he's actually always been the designated driver. He did really well, I would have to say. There was probably only a couple of times that first trip where I had to say, left! <laughs> There's a sheep in the way. <laughs> right, right. And he would quickly get over and remember, you know, he was in Ireland. And But ever since then, he's been pretty good. Uh, he can flip it in his brain really well, so... One of these times, I actually haven't driven. So one of these times, I'm really just going to have to take the wheel and see how I do. Mm. And just sticking to driving while, while we're on it, would you advise people who are thinking of traveling to Ireland and doing their own thing in Ireland, would you advise them to rent a car? Absolutely. It was one of our first experiences, actually, um, when we rented the car, one of the days uh, we were going to do the Ring of Kerry. And so we were shuffling off from Killarney and doing the ring basically in two days. So we stopped along the way. But one of the days, one of the stops during the trip, we pulled over to the side to take some pictures of a view, which, of course, was gorgeous. Um, and a bus had pulled up behind us to also let off some people to take some pictures. But unfortunately, about maybe a minute and a half later, the driver honked his horn twice mm -hmm. the people had to get back up on the bus and and leave and they were you know it was we were still sitting there and you know enjoying the view and that's just an experience that i we've seen repeated multiple times you know throughout our travels to ireland and so we think with renting a car you just can have a little bit of your own time uh, we noticed even after that experience other times where People wouldn't even get out of the bus. They'd be taking the pictures, you know, through the tinted window screen. And it's just unfortunately, you know, while in some cases, certainly a, a bus tour would be good, you know, if you've got, you know, health risks or, you know, reasons that you would want to be with a, a big group. But for the most part, you know, if, if you're you're ready and able, I would certainly suggest renting a car. Yeah, interesting. One of the things I love about traveling myself is, yeah, you do get to kind of experience the place and a lot of that for me is taking it in in my own time, right? So if I want to stay in a city 
to go in the city where I'd like to spend the number of days I would like to. And there's definitely something to be said for being brought to certain places. But to get a real sense or spirit of the thing, I think you're getting closer by taking your own time. And as you said, like driving a car is one way to kind of take advantage of that, right? Right. Oh, and absolutely. Countless times we'll be driving along, you know, and see a brown sign that will tell you to go to some historic site or some neat attraction. And we will have no idea what that thing is most of the time, um, particularly earlier on when we, we didn't travel with any type of, you know, Wi-Fi access or, you know, smartphone or anything. And so we would just take a left or take a right down, you know, some small road and see where it took us. And oftentimes it was a deserted, you know, attraction or deserted, there, you know, were no other tourists there. We just had it all to ourselves. And that's just an amazing experience to be, you know, sometimes among things that are centuries old and just experiencing it, you know, on your own. That's really, really special. Mm, really nice. Bring me back, Stephanie, like when you were growing up, there wasn't any kind of Irish background to your family, especially, was there? Not especially. Uh, way back when, I did have some family that came over from Northern Ireland, um, but that was some years ago. Um, so unfortunately, we don't have much record of what or where, but I'll claim it even a little bit <laughs> uh, to say that I have a little Irish heritage. But that wasn't particularly the reason that sparked Ireland for us. It was really more of a whim when we decided to go there for our honeymoon. Interesting. And like, was it, it must have been in some way a place where you had at least contemplated that, hey, that would be nice to visit, right? Or just... Yeah. Absolutely. We saw pictures and I think being an American, you know, every other person you meet has some Irish descent. And so when we were thinking about Ireland, we knew that friends and family had gone before and had really had great experiences. And so that was our primary reference point was just that it was you know beautiful and other people had liked it. So we thought, ah, let's just go for it. Let's let's see. Hmm. But I'm just curious, how did Ireland that you experienced say compared to whatever image you had in your mind or photos you'd seen or things you'd heard yeah so that's a good question I, it's really almost incomparable i i would say i mean of course you can see pretty pictures and you know that a place would be you know gorgeous and you'd like to experience that at some point but when you're actually there i don't think you could have really comprehended the beauty that you would see or the people that you would meet or the time that you would have until you're there. And I, that was definitely our experience. We were really excited about going to Ireland our first time. But when we got there and we had just the, you know, it was almost like a, what we thought was going to be a trip of a lifetime. Like we're, we're never going to get the chance to go again. And we made it a priority to make sure we got back to Ireland. And now it's been several times. And so... Every time we go, it's just we'll, we say the next time we come, and it really will mean the next time because we know we'll, we'll be coming back again and again. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. So is there a place in Ireland that you especially like visiting or do you make a point of visiting new places or how do you approach it? 
So we try our best to go to new places each time we go. It's difficult and we certainly have a pull towards one area or a couple areas over over some others, but we try not to say our favorite spot because we haven't visited all of <laughs> yeah, Ireland sure. yet. So <laughs> someday maybe we'll, we'll think we'll have the whole country covered, but I, I, I almost doubt that. But at this point, I mean, we really do love the Southwest. It's hard not to love the Southwest. We keep going back to... Dingle, uh, the Dingle Peninsula is just fantastic. But then a bit more remote places like Sheep's Head Peninsula and uh, Barra Peninsula. We really like kind of getting off the beaten track a little bit. Those are, you know, just some beautiful and often very remote places. I guess we like feeling like we're the only ones that get to experience it. I don't know. (laughs) But that certainly captured us and continues to call us back. But this time we're going to go to the southeast. Um, which we're really, really excited about because we haven't done really anything in the southeast before. So Waterford, Wexford, Wicklow, uh, that area, really excited to see. Yeah, nice. So the southeast, it's not a place that I've visited that much. Although I remember in a previous episode, I was speaking with Mary Murphy and uh, I think she's from Wexford. And I was telling her, I think she was, uh, if I remember right, she was born in Waterford, uh, same as myself. And I told the story at the time that my grandmother was afraid that um, I would grow up with a Waterford accent, a Waterford accent. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was only about my first year (laughs) that I spent there. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember that time. But yeah, (laughs) it's funny. There's definitely different atmospheres of places I don't know do you feel that but for example when I get to mm-hmm. up to Connemara mm-hmm. up to County Galway we're still so this is about an hour now and a half from Limerick City where we are still along the Atlantic coast but driving along that road and when you hit past Galway City into Connemara mm-hmm. there's this atmosphere I can't describe it exactly it must be part of the landscape part of how the people are I guess there's quite a spirit to just put up with for example the weather (laughs) all through the year that makes them tough yeah there's definitely a feeling you get from different places like do you ever get that or is Ireland all kind of that feeling for you or how is it well yeah I mean of course I think whenever we go to Ireland I feel like we experience that but there are certainly you know different types of regions where so incredibly different I mean I'm trying to think like Donegal we were up in Donegal for some time a few years back and from going to Donegal after I think we did a long trip in the southeast or southwest the year before and it's completely different landscape even people and just their interactions with us I mean Ireland and the Irish people are you know so hospitable really all over the island we really have not had any issues whatsoever with hospitality but there is a remoteness I think to Donegal and to their environment and their atmosphere and that it's almost encases the the people too I think a little bit Um, so it's really you certainly can experience different things depending on where you are. Mm, That's interesting and do you feel any draw towards the urban areas to spend time there but um do you find a draw for uh, urban areas at all or do you really go for the more yeah, yeah do you we do we, we have done uh, you know of course dublin and but we really love cork mm. city of course it's a great city there's so much going on there um which again kind of a different vibe from dublin dublin has that almost 
metropolitan or even universal feel where there's a lot of different you know, it's a melting pot. There's a lot of different ethnicities and, yeah. and mm. uh, groups of people that live in Dublin. I feel like Cork is a great Irish city where, you know, it's kind of like true Ireland city experience. We really enjoyed our time there. And, you know, going off into kind of some smaller, you know, Galway is, is fantastic. And even, we haven't spent a lot of time in Limerick, but, you know, even the, the time that we've spent there, we've, we've enjoyed. So, yeah, I think generally we'd probably concentrate most of our time into the countryside, but um, each trip we try to have a little bit of city life for at least a couple of days. Yeah, cool. Nice. Okay, let's bring us back to somebody who's listening and they have these images of Ireland and that they're familiar with but they've never traveled to Ireland and they're maybe considering to travel but you know one thing is for sure you can't deny it is a big cost right each trip you do invest like we're talking several thousand or thousands of dollars each trip right really when it adds up it does it adds up quickly Mm. um but I would say, you know, to those that, that are listening that think, oh, gosh, I'd love to go to Ireland, but, you know, I can't afford it or I can't do this or that. I would encourage you to to save your pennies, you know, and even if it's five years from now, you know, if you can manage to put a little bit away each year um, and have that end goal, it'll be completely worth it. On our, on our blog on Infinite Ireland, we couple, uh, our last trip, actually, in September, we uh, managed to track all of our expenses for Ireland, every single penny um, for what we spent. And so you can look and actually see how much we spent in, for two weeks in Ireland. And it's a really good tool, I think, you know, to get a realistic expectation of how much you can spend, how little and how much more you can spend, really. Because our trip was kind of a maybe a little a bit even more expensive than we typically do. It was a special occasion for us. We hadn't been to Ireland in a year or two, and so we splurged a few few times where we probably normally wouldn't have. So you can make it even cheaper than what we did. But um, there are ways to save, certainly, and there are ways to make it happen, even if you, you don't think you can afford it. Certainly can do things like uh, self-catering, where you're you know staying in a flat or an apartment, you know, cooking your own meals, that saves quite a bit of money. And, you know, maybe going to some of the, the free attractions. There's so many free things you can do in Ireland without racking up a big bill. Hmm. Are we talking like, uh, you know, visiting forests and yeah. picnic areas or? Absolutely. So um, one of the things that we really love to do is hill walking or hiking. And in Ireland, uh, there's just such a fantastic network of places you can go to you know, these, what we think are amazing vistas. And so at least once during our trip, um, we usually cut out or carve out a day to, you know, do some hill walking. And that's completely free. You know, you pack a picnic and you go and you see, you know, the real uh, countryside. And sometimes you, you stop along and you get to talk to a, a farmer or other hikers or, you know, other people along the way. And those moments have really been treasured for us over the things that you would pay for, like, say, like the Guinness storehouse or, or things like that. Those things are neat. But of our most treasured moments, most of the time, there are things that we didn't even pay for. Hmm. That's really nice. For that same person, like that, okay, cost is something. And we're going to, we link you up to your post in our show notes, because that sounds really nice, um, sharing the costs that you spent. But it might be something a bit softer holding them back. Like, I mean, 
it might be just a fear of something new or being a bit lost maybe you know it's something new and new people not knowing where to go how the systems work like is there anything you can say to uh, get a person like yeah. that to really maybe invest in thinking more about traveling to Ireland what do you think yeah taking the leap or taking the jump mm. um, in my day job I work at, at a university and uh, I help students go abroad for a semester. So, you know, U.S. American students going most often to Europe um, to other universities for a semester or a summer. And I encounter that a lot. I encounter students who will walk in my office and say, ah, you know, I'm interested in going abroad, but and you know, they have you know a litany of reasons, whether it's you know cost or you know fear of, of being alone in a foreign country or um, even just not knowing, you know, what to do, what are the customs and what's the culture like. But I always tell them that it's one of those experiences that you don't want to look back on and say you didn't do. And so in the same way, I think uh, traveling to Ireland is one of those things. Ireland's an easy country to get around, um, to explore, particularly for Americans, you know, you who speak English. You know, there's, there's not a language barrier. Culture, while certainly different, has some similarities to you know, American culture in some respects. So it's it's not a, a shock as much as it would be maybe go to somewhere that maybe they don't speak English or, you know, somewhere that's a, a third world country. So I would say, you know, just take the leap to, you know, muster up the courage, take the leap. They won't regret it, certainly won't regret it. I work with all sorts of people who travel to Ireland for the first time. That's really what our blog is about, is, is helping those who want to go abroad for the very first time, um, and particularly to go to Ireland for the first time. And I, I get all sorts of emails back after people have gone to say, thank you. It was wonderful. And I'm so glad I did it. Uh, and I think your listeners will probably have that same experience. Oh, well, I like it. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing we deal with people thinking about learning to speak the Irish language because, you know, over the years, we've gotten lots of emails about similar subjects like, you know, dialects in the language and it's stuff that holds people back. And unfortunately, uh, there's, I think I get the impression that most people who ask the question, it's holding them back so much that they never start. Mm -hmm. And what I say to them is, well, imagine in five years time, looking back and the progress you can make in the next five years, even if it's slow, what you could do. So it's the same kind of idea. It's like, don't regret in a lifetime, at the end of your lifetime that, well, if only I had done this or if only I had the courage to do that. And uh, traveling to Ireland is part of it. Learning to speak the language, if you're interested in that. I get the impression it's along the same kind of vein. It's interesting. Absolutely. And it, what a great way to go to Ireland and be able to, even if it's to say hello mm. or, you know, to say cheers, to be able to, to practice. So if you've got, I mean, I assume that those that are listening to this podcast are interested in learning the Irish language and hopefully they're interested in, in traveling to Ireland. Mm. And to meld the two is a, a great, I would say, life accomplishment, really. Mm. Very nice. Um, Stephanie, even if we get one person to travel to Ireland and <laughs> use a couple of words in Irish when they get there, hey, we've achieved our goal today. Absolutely. <laughs> um, tell me, like, 
You mentioned bus tours, and you might not have taken one before, but from your impression, like, what are some advantages and disadvantages of taking that kind of package tour holiday vacation in Ireland? Well, there's all sorts of good and bad, I think, with bus tours. And I've worked with a lot of people who know going into their travels to Ireland that they want to do a bus tour, and I think that's okay. You know, I would encourage renting a car, but traveling with a group, um, or traveling on a tour, um, you have a predetermined schedule. You don't really have to worry about any of the arrangements, you know, where you're going to stay and what you're going to do and oftentimes even where you're going to eat. And so if you're looking for a stress-free, don't have to think about it, you know, experience, then a bus tour is perfect. Also, you know, us bus tours are really great for those that have limited mobility or, you know, that may be elderly that can't walk a lot. You still get to see Ireland. You still get to see a lot of really wonderful sites. So those are all really good reasons to do a bus tour. I think the disadvantages are mostly what we talked about earlier. You know, you have, because you're so regimented in a schedule, don't get the opportunity to veer off path much. You may have a free day or a free afternoon in a city where you might get to do a little shopping or a little sightseeing, but you don't get the opportunity to kind of be spontaneous and get up and go uh, when you please. You know, either way, I would encourage someone, you know, whether they do a tour or whether they rent a car to try it. We get so many people that, you know, say that they, they go to Ireland for the first time. And just like I did, you know, as soon as we were taking off to come back mm-hmm. home, um, I was planning my next trip. I mean, I had a list of things that I needed to see and to do the next time. So um, I think that's pretty common, actually. Oh, really cool. Yeah. So, Stephanie, to finish up, like, how could people ask you a question or learn more about um, stuff that you've written? Sure. So pretty easy. Uh, our site is infiniteireland.com. And they can email us at infiniteireland at gmail.com. And we welcome all sorts of questions. You know, so if you have a question or you're contemplating Ireland travel um, and, you know, whether it's a, a big itinerary question or a small what do I pack or, you know, what kind of plug do I need or, or whatever it happens to be, we're really happy to answer questions via email. And of course, we've got all sorts of great stuff on the website as well that you can sift through and and possibly find some answers to your questions. But we love talking to people. We love talking about travel. We love talking about Ireland. And so, you know, whenever I get the notification of a a new email, of a new question, I get all excited because, you know, that gets me, uh, that gets me in the mood for traveling and, you know, gets me, gets me thinking about Ireland. So it's fun for us that we get to interact with people also planning their first trips. Ah, that's really cool. And thanks for, you know, reaching out to people and making yourself available. It's really nice that, you know, somebody can write an email, just like Jody, for example, at Ireland Family Travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that there are people out there that are uh, very much happy to help. Um, so we're going to link you up to infiniteireland.com in the show notes today. So Stephanie, thanks a lot for your time. Much appreciated. You're very welcome. You'll always be welcome in uh, Limerick. So if you pass by, do let us know. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, we will. So, okay, so just to finish up, to leave a comment, if you want to leave a comment directly on the blog, you can do so for the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. You can go to bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast and go to episode 16 and we'll link 
over to Stephanie where you can ask questions there too. If you're loving the show, uh, the best thing you can do right now is go to iTunes and leave a written review. And if you have done that uh, recently and I haven't covered it in the podcast, it might be that you've written the review from a country that I don't check regularly. I don't have an app to check every review across all countries. So if that's the case, do let me know. And while I'm at it, why not refer a friend maybe to Bite Size Irish Gaelic Podcast? Maybe it'll give them the taste for visiting Ireland and using a bit of the Irish language when they get there. Um, you can send listener questions to the show as well. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions about the Irish language and traveling to Ireland and topics around that. So the direct email for my inbox is podcast at bitesizeirishgaelic.com uh, Thanks to Tukumo in Japan for their music which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license and until the next episode Slán go Bye for now <laughs>